What's up, Calvary Cast? Episode 101. I'm still coming off of the uh, mountaintop that last week's episode was. It's pretty, pretty exciting times. I am Graham Parker, and on the couch today is Jess Miller. Howdy. He is reclining on... I feel very relaxed today. He's doing With that. energy from your coffee that you brewed me. That you ruined with my with your creamer. My French vanilla. That's that's my that's my new podcast name, French, French vanilla. <laughs> that's oh good. That's man. Good. And joining us today as well, Andrew Johnson and Rebecca Johnson. Welcome. Well, thank Hi. you for having us. Uh Rebecca is an audiophile, we found out today. Not hugely, but a little, a little bit. bit. <laughs> a little bit. She so you can listen to our podcast after we're done. You're like, that sound quality is terrible. <laughs> they really should fix that, you know. So anyway, welcome to the podcast. It's good to be here. Andrew, you've been here before. Way back <clears throat> way back in the day. Almost at its conception, nearly. Mm-hmm. You told me that earlier. Yeah. What episode was it? I came in on episode nine. Wow. And I Imagine. started listening to the podcast on episode eight. Did you listen to the one that you were on? Yeah. What? Like four times. Wow. What does that say about you? <laughs> that is interesting. <laughs> well, Tell us more about that. <laughs> well, when I started preaching, I'd do the same thing. Mm, and I'd go true. and listen to the recordings over and over and over again. And I'd be like, okay, that's good. That's not. Like, how can I, how would I change it? Right. Was it actually that good? Yeah. Oh, that was really good. Oh, that was really bad. It's just kind of like a... It's hard to evaluate yourself. In that evaluation. Way, Is it good or bad? Because when I listen to myself, I think it all sounds bad. So, I don't know. Graham, I want you to know, from a listener perspective, you sound really good. Wow. Okay. Rebecca, is this your first podcast you've been on? Yes. All right. You've listened to the podcast before, though? Because a Andrew, bit, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so like I'll listen in whenever Andrew's listening. We we try to have this trend of having people on our podcast that don't ever listen to it, you know. <laughs> so don't be afraid of getting a little closer to your microphone. Okay. Just I mean, we can we can boost you, but you are a very quiet voice and we gotta get as much of that captured as possible. Okay. <laughs> well, that's all the banter I have for today. <clears throat> you yeah, sure? I think so. Okay. Do we have anything else? No, I was just making sure you're sure. Okay, I'm Once sure. Once you move on from the banter, there's no returning. I don't have my jingle. You can't, th- you can't think of something wow. in a few minutes and then want to go back. I know. But. Well, we can. We can do anything we want. It's our podcast. That's true. Oh, by the way, so since your podcast, Andrew, we have had 91 episodes. Wow. That's a lot, isn't it? It is a lot. That. I've, I've li- And I've listened to all of them. Yeah. I've been a favorite. Do you have listener. a favorite? Oh, man. The one he was on? Yeah. I think. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it's all been downhill <laughs> since then. Boy, I don't I don't know if it's possible to grab a favorite. Like, Wow. Okay, because they're all hard. that good. Not they're necessarily. Good. Oh. <laughs> but I just think, you know, I remember when you guys finally revamped it and you, you brought the awesome music. Like you got a new like entrance music. Don't forget to like talk into your microphone the whole time. Even when you turn your head, you got to keep your lips on that baby. Okay, I'll kiss it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we revamped the podcast. Yeah, and, a little bit. And I remember when the new music hit, the the f- few podcasts from that really stood out. And I don't mm-hmm. know if it's because of the content. It was probably the music, or or more the music. But okay. that's cool. That's cool. 
All right. Well, we are we have you guys on today because we want to have a little conversation about your lives and the ministry the Lord's called you to, but more so a broader conversation around how God called you to ministry, full-time, vocationally, cross-cultural missions, and then a little bit of your love story, right? We have a little bit of something for everyone today on this mm-hmm. episode, so there will be drama, there will yes. be love, mm-hmm. tragedy, Tragedy. (laughs) Will there be any war? There will be a global pandemic, maybe. Maybe. That would kind of count. I don't know. (laughs) So anyway, Andrew, let's start with uh, you, though, and uh, just tell tell the listeners a little bit about your background, how the Lord laid on your heart this desire for cross-cultural missions, things like that. Okay. Um, I guess for me... uh, it was kind of a matter of discipleship. Um, And what I mean by that is uh, my mother and father were missionaries with New Tribes Mission at the time. They've since changed to Ethnos 360. Um, But they were with New Tribes when I was born. Hmm. And were on, they were raising support to go overseas and I'm going to get in trouble if I try to say the exact number of months of how old I was before we moved, but it was like very young. Three or four months uh, after I was born, we went over to the Ivory Coast. And so four years there, come back, I settled in Nebraska, and Dad took a pastorate. So um, really early formative years on the mission field, that played a huge factor. Uh, but on top of that, uh, mom and dad were really good at making sure we understood that ministry was for the family. It wasn't dad. Hmm. Um, ministry was for uh, every one of us uh, as we were involved with the church at Dick's Bible Church. Um, and mom Mom was basically the one who was mostly in charge of our homeschooling. Dad did a few Bible classes for us and uh, took us through some French because they spoke French in Ivory Coast and stuff like that. But uh, Mom always picked missionary stories for us Hmm. to do book reports on. And so it was just inundated with ministry and missions and uh, ministry ideology and because of that, I grew up loving cross-cultural missions and thinking in my mind, boy, I know I want to go over to cross-cultural, do cross-cultural ministry. But the funny thing is, I would look at dad being a pastor at a small rural church in Nebraska, and I would think, boy, I really don't want to be a pastor. Hmm. But I love missions, and I want to get into ministry. Hmm. And of course, once I got to Bible school, because I... I was like, man, I want to be involved in ministry. Of course I'm going to Bible school. But I got to Bible school and was really confronted with the fact that <laughs> missions work is pastoral. Hmm. So you're not gonna you're not gonna not be a pastor and be a missionary. It's yeah. impossible. Yeah. So there you go. Um okay, so then the Lord obviously puts you on a path and we don't have to go into all the details of why Ghana and those things because you've kind of detailed some of that in the past and when you're here on Sunday. But I think the big thing 
would be the the transition or the change of plans, right? Which happened shortly after you were here back in 2020. So can you talk a little bit about maybe a little bit what you've been doing since you were here three years ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, the providence of God is changing your direction a little bit and things like that. All right. Yeah, no, I was here in June of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, I was here the whole month. And I would just want to say uh, it was a it was a time full of blessing. I, um, it was really cool getting to know Calvary and interacting with the body. Um, that was a big blessing. And it was like I came off a little bit of a, I don't know if we'd call it a high. Sure, uh, you can call not, it that. But That's what most people think after they've been here for a time. They're like, <laughs> it's like going to camp every weekend. <laughs> Something like that. And uh, I went back to my where my home church was in Hot Springs and was camping with my family 4th of July weekend, and the wreck happened. Mm. Um, and so... Uh, all of my plans for the coming years just flew out the window, yeah. of course. Uh, pun strictly intended, I suppose. Um, <laughs> it was a vehicle accident. That's, yeah. But, uh, you know, looking looking back at the, at the wreck and uh, what the Lord has done in the meantime, um, it was, I like to call it a divine appointment, mm. I guess. Um it wasn't the Lord was doing something in that wreck, and I think there's there's always a million things that God's doing in any given circumstance, and we can only see a few of them usually. Yeah. Um, but uh, whatever the case was, uh, God was going to receive glory in the fact that uh, I was well laid on my back for months. Yeah, cuz I mean it was a pretty serious wreck. And I mean by God's grace you're alive. And um yeah, you were like physically recovering for that what 6 months? Um more than that. Uh so when the wreck happened, I had some really bad. I don't know. Do you guys want me to go into sure. any of that stuff? Uh all the, the all the bones on the left side of my face from my nose over were fractured. Yeah. Uh, in my face, um, my left eye sustained a, a bunch of muscle damage, mm. and I had a, a pretty get bad concussion. Mm. Um, and so I couldn't drive for like two months. Yeah, uh, I had a pretty bloody face uh, for the longest time. Um, <clears throat> and I think for the, for the, my brain, my brain had a while to get back to uh, an element of normalcy. So. Uh, I was pretty irritable, Hmm. you know, and then of course not being able to do the things that I love to do like ministry Mm -hmm. or, you know, all those things. I was, I, (laughs) I don't doubt it. I don't really know, but everyone tells me I was really irritable (laughs) for the longest time. Uh, uh, and I think that was part of the brain trying to figure out what it was doing, part of the recovery and all those things. Um, But yeah, I struggled with um, what what am I doing here now? Because I'm not doing anything, you know? And I think one of the biggest things that the Lord did in my heart during the recovery time, and the recovery time was, there was like a noticeable step forward after six months. Mm. 
and that's when I was able to start traveling and uh, visiting supporting churches again. Um, but about a year after was when it was really, okay, things are maybe not 100% normal because they are never 100% normal after a brain mm-hmm. injury. Um, but as back to normal as you could consider yeah. normal. So, um, But in terms of what the Lord was doing in my walk with him and uh, my walk with the local church uh, around me, and Calvary uh, Baptist in Hot Springs came alongside me uh, that whole time and were so gracious and so kind. Mm. Um, yeah, it was a blessing. But it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, you know it in your mind. You know it because God's word is laid out in front of you and you can say it all the time. Right. But there's something about experiencing something that really makes it, I don't know, palpable. Hmm. Or real in your life, like, and what I'm talking about is you know that the Lord doesn't need you, yeah, it to do ministry. The Lord doesn't need you. You're not a, you're not essential, uh, for the work of the ministry, uh, and you know those things. Uh, but then when you actually experience being just pulled out of it, and I think there was some some pride stuff that the Lord was working through. Like, you know what, Andrew, I don't need you. Um, you're not, you're not essential in the work of the ministry. Um, that was one, that was one of the things. Um, and I think, uh, the, the tendency in our hearts to know that what the Bible says is true when it says, if the Lord wills, I shall live and do Mm. this or that. Like Mm -hmm. men make their plans. The Lord establishes, uh, uh, establishes your steps. Yeah, establishes your steps, and so you know those things, and you and you say, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. <clears throat> but I think there was a really, <laughs> you know, I would I would open the Bible to those passages because I knew that's what was going on. The Lord was redirecting my steps and redirecting and. And I would open those passages, and I just, you know, I got I got emotional yeah. and cry cry over them, and and say, you know, I know these things, and then you know what's going on here, and and all those things, but and and all of this too. I mean, it's not just desires that you have, but I mean, you've spent considerable amount of time training, money, right? Because you're going to go be a pilot, a lot of money, right? You you'd moved to Michigan, gone to school, uh, done all of these things, and yeah, thousands and thousands of dollars and. <laughs> flight lessons and all this, all of this to happen. And then you have a car accident, mm-hmm. which takes away your ability to fly. And, uh, I'm, I'm telling part of your story here cause yeah, I, that's I know it. But, uh, then ultimately, you know, the FAA ruling, like you told us that you can't fly now, they won't give you a medical certificate. So mm-hmm. all that time, uh, you know, we can look at it and say, wow, was that a waste? Right? Like, Lord, why would you allow this to happen? Mm-hmm. Uh, after all of this preparation. Yeah, it, <clears throat> that was a big deal. And and to be honest with you, when it came down to <laughs> reckoning with, uh, okay, I can't fly anymore. Yeah. Medically. Um, uh, what about all this <clears throat> money that's been spent, uh, all this time that's been invested in it? Uh, and I know for a fact that none of that was wasted. Um because God is in the business of doing uh, heart work. 
uh, through all of those things. And who knows what sort of uh, things he was doing uh, through the folks that I ran into or interacted with or um, had conversations with in all of those places that I was doing flight training or um, putting in time in the air uh, and all those things. But yeah, that's uh, uh, (laughs) a... I never really got emotional about that sort of thing. I was just kind of like, okay, it happened. I was kind of pragmatic. And I never really got emotional about, okay, I can't fly anymore. And then I started going uh, with Rebecca. Once we got married, we started scheduling uh, visiting churches. And I would, we went to a few churches and uh, it wasn't emotional for me. And then I got to Calvary in Hot Springs where I'd Mm. spent all that time after the wreck. And I started talking about aviation and what the Lord did and and the changes that are that have been made because of it, and I just couldn't hold it together. Mm. And I just was like crying. Mm. Um and I you know, I it was funny to me because I hadn't ever cried about it. Mm. And then I got back there where I had gone through most of that stuff and I was just balling, but well, I think what you're saying, I just want to, I think this is an instructive point for anyone, right? You made, you said something to like, I don't know how the Lord was using me in all of those instances where I'm flying and training, I'm moving to Michigan and all these different things. Like that was all of the, that was the Lord's will that you do those things. And in our mind, we have like one will and one direction. I'm going to be a pilot. I'm going to go to Ghana and all those things. And the Lord redirects. And so in our lives, when redirection or what appears to be redirection from our parts, on our parts, is still all sovereignly used of the Lord. All those instances up to it was never wasted. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's instructive for for just anyone listening. So, um, okay, let's let's. You've talked a lot. Let's let your I wife have. talk. <laughs> she has a much nicer sounding voice than you. Uh, so we'll get into this. Is the part the Truth. ladies have been waiting for here? The love story in a minute. But Rebecca, could you give us a little bit of your background? Uh, where did you grow up? How'd you come to know the Lord? Uh, things like that. Okay. Well, um, so I grew up in Kansas in a town called Inman, small town uh, in between two other larger towns. And I uh, went to church in Hutchinson, Kansas all of my life. And so I grew up in a Christian home and had a lot of Bible training uh, in school, in Sunday school, at church. Um, so I was pretty inundated with a lot of a lot of Bible teaching, hmm. um, which was a huge blessing. Um, so growing up, I would say that I heard the gospel a lot, and I knew it very well as head knowledge. Um, when I was eight years old, though, and I went to camp for the first time. Uh, that was whenever the Lord really got a hold of my heart. Mm. And um, I remember it very pointedly because it was the last night of camp and they were holding a consecration service for uh, kids to come forward and to dedicate their lives to serving Christ. And I remember the director saying, if you haven't believed in Jesus as your savior, then this service isn't for you. Hmm. And, you know, it was right then that 
you know, I can just say that the Lord opened my eyes to my own personal need because mm. I knew that everyone was a sinner, but to say I'm a sinner mm. was that moment. I was like, whoa, <laughs> it wasn't that just, you know, Jesus died for the whole world. It was Jesus died for me. Yeah. And so I guess that that's whenever I would really point to it and say that my heart changed and I can, I can clearly see God's work, mm. um, there in my salvation. Um, cause I remember other times before I would, you know, like pray with my mom for salvation, you know, after doing something bad and just wanting to please her, make mm. her happy. Mm-hmm. But, um, that was whenever I was like, okay, <laughs> no, this is, this is, uh, very real. So. How, how old were you? I was eight. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so you grow up Christian home, school, all those things. Uh, you go to Bible school. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, same school that Andrew and I went to. Yes. A couple of years after that. Um, so your, did you, a lot of people like Andrew, right? He's thought about missions since he was a young child. What about you? Was that um, something like, I want to go into full-time missions, cross-cultural missions sometime? Um, I would say there was some influence there because, okay. um, yeah, I grew up hearing lots of missionary stories and having some of that influence poured in from church, from schooling, from other activities, five-day clubs. I taught a lot of five-day clubs and missionary stories and um, always found their biographies quite fascinating mm. and quite exciting to see how God used uh, God used them in ministry. So it was always something that was kind of, there was a spot in my heart for it, mm. but I didn't really ever, I wasn't sure that I was going to be that way. Right. Like there was a, a desire of, if God put that in my life, sure, you know, I'll do that. And I, I, I'm sure... I would be willing, right. but at the same time, it wasn't—it wasn't the path that you, my life was going to go down. Right, like. you weren't pursuing that yeah. as a goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you've got a lot of exposure to it, and yeah. you're on with the missions thing. Like you're like, yeah, that's absolutely God's design, and cross-cultural missions mm-hmm. is cool. But I don't think that's for me necessarily. I don't feel the Lord calling me to that. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, so then the Lord brings you two together. Could you tell the people your first impressions of Andrew, the very first time you've ever met him? <laughs> I think this is that's scary. <laughs> that was before the wreck, you know. <laughs> um, so my first interactions and uh, yeah, memories of Andrew was when I was at school and I was a freshman. I I was I think I was a freshman and going to Calvary Baptist Church and year stamp. Uh, would have been 2015 or 2016. Okay. Um, and I remember, I, honestly, the first memory that I have was of Pastor Matt in the front <laughs> uh, introducing everyone to Andrew because he had just gotten back from the School of Missionary Aviation. Okay. Um, and he was saying, 
this is Andrew. He's on his way to the mission field. And, you know, ladies, he's single. <laughs> like, <laughs> he was doing a whole thing. So I remember being like, okay, well, that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, then he would be involved in, in church and teaching and stuff. And I just remember his personality being very intense. <laughs> like, yeah, it was just kind of, okay, yeah. I, I do remember thinking at one point, like, that man, he he could use a wife, but that Whoa. would never be me. <laughs> like, oh, it, it's true, though. I really yeah, didn't no, think that's, that. Yep. Yeah, I was, this is true love story. <laughs> yes, I love it. This is great. <laughs> but I was also, like, like 17 years old and right. stuff. And, like, he was so much older than me. And so... I, yeah. I, I asked that question, one, because I think it's humorous. <laughs> and two, if you're you're single and looking to get married, you can't write anybody off, right? Because you thought <laughs> I would never marry that man. And look here, you know, so first impressions are not always last impressions, right? There. And oftentimes when we think something like, I would never marry that guy, you end up marrying that's, that guy yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's the way the Lord works. So, um, okay, so years go by really to yes, just speed many, us along many many, many years. years go by mm-hmm. uh and andrew just happens to be uh we w- uh, tell how you guys actually like came together and the lord opened your eyes to see he needs a wife and i'm the one <laughs> um so <laughs> <laughs> that you were being called by the lord to suffer for the sake of the gospel <laughs> By marrying Andrew. <laughs> um, so I Andrew. thought we were done with the banter. Right? Is that? No, this oh. is our podcast. Okay. We can do whatever we want. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so Andrew, um, his uncle knew my pastor. Okay. And so he kind of had some connection to my church there in Kansas. And so he came and presented before he went to Ghana. And then after he so that came had been back, in 2019, okay, right. And then after he came back in 2021, after he was recovering from the wreck and everything, and he was going out to churches, um, so he came to visit our church, uh, met with February, the missions team. 2021. I was on the missions team, so we kind of you know interacted briefly then. Um, but then it wasn't until May of that year that my church actually took him on for support. Okay. And then in June of 2021, my pastor of about 20 years retired. And in the in-between time between an interim coming and my pastor retiring, the church invited Andrew to come and fill pulpit. And so while he was there in the month of July... We ended up, my family ended up inviting him over for uh, lunch, and we ended up just having a blast with him and having a wonderful time talking to him, and um, he was going to be in the area for a while, so my family invited him to, you know, if he was ever wanting to just hang out with people, then come on over, because we found out, you know, he likes board games, we like board games. And my dad, he was... Really nerdy board games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my dad, he was single until he was like 30-some. And so he understood kind of the mm. position of mm-hmm. just 
wanting to hang out with someone kind of your own age, kind of yeah. your own season of life. And uh, so we ended up having just, yeah, an open door for Andrew to come over and hang out. And I have a sidebar on that. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so her church asked me to come fill pulpit in July. And it was only two of the four Sundays. And it was like alternating. So I would preach, mm-hmm. then someone else, then me, someone else. Uh, and I was like, boy, that's really inconvenient for me because <laughs> I came from 11 hours away. Yeah. Like, that's really inconvenient for me. So I think I'll just stay the whole month of July and I will invest myself into the life of this church that just took me on for support. Yeah. I want to involve myself with yeah. the people. Uh, that was my desire. And so I did what I could to do that in the month of July. So on one of the off Sundays, her family asked me over and I was like, okay, this is great. I'm going to be able to be in with a family uh, because no one else had taken me to their home. Mm -hmm. They had just taken me out or Mm -hmm. something. So I was like, this is an opportunity. Uh, And so we took it and it was a blast. Like it was a blast. And you found a wife out of it too. (laughs) Uh, Not, but at that point, you're like, just, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just genuinely like hanging out, enjoying mm-hmm. one another's company. Yeah. It was it was funny because it was definitely, it was kind of that Sunday that I had the re, like the new impression of Andrew. Yeah. Because I remembered him being such an intense and just, I mean, I only met him in context of like teaching roles or at church mm-hmm. very briefly. And he was, you know normally talking about something he was really into and stuff and so just meeting him on a very casual level and just being like oh wow we have like he's he's really fun he's, <laughs> there's a lot more in common that we have that i didn't realize and think about and, and stuff. i'll add this too that's one of the things the rec did mm. was alter some of my intensity yeah <laughs> it lowered it yeah that's good because um, before i could only handle you in small doses now it's a little bit bigger dose i can take yeah that's right no but that's like the wreck, I look back and I say, without the wreck, I wouldn't be married to Rebecca mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For two reasons. One, it lowered my intensity level. <laughs> I, and I mean that 100%. Yeah. Um, it took me a step back. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, also, I was in her area in July for filling pulpit. But then the FAA sent me a letter mm-hmm. saying, we can't establish that you meet the requirements to hold a medical please go do these medical things and also you have 60 days Mm. and it was horrible that they gave me that time frame because you try to schedule uh, a non-medically necessary brain mri and a neurologist in 60 days yeah it's impossible wow and so i ended up staying because i could get in in wichita Mm which was like an hour away from where she lives. And I couldn't get in in Rapid City, which mm. was my other option. Or I'd have to travel, you know, bucos of distances to try and get this in in the 60-day window. And I wasn't able to. So I ended up staying. I filed for an extension, which they gave me. Um, and I ended up staying like four months in her area mm. because I could do the medical stuff there. Yeah, And that gave me four months because of medical stuff with the FAA to interact with Rebecca. Yeah. So that's cool. And, uh, so the rest is history, right? Well, (laughs) 
we yeah, could go I a mean, few details. I mean, yeah, they had me over July. Yes. Yeah, so, what day? Fifteen. Oh, Fourteen. We don't need to know the day, but I mean, <laughs> but I asked her out yeah. August twenty third. Okay. Yeah. Right. And then well, you got, so it was like month a month of later, August, month and a half. Like we had a, a few different times of hang out and we were yeah. just really building a friendship, honestly. And there was really no intention on anybody's part. And that was just beautiful um, because we were able to just become yeah. friends and enjoy each other's company. And then it was, I would say it was shortly after your brother got married. Yeah. Because um, you guys were at the wedding. Yep. Yeah, yeah. We went to the wedding and together. Uh, some of the interaction that we had during that time that we both kind of just kind of had a realization that it was like, Oh wow. Okay. Maybe I do like, yeah, maybe I do like him. You know, I think there's something instructive there too, just in terms of like, if you're thinking about dating, if you're in that relationship, like just developing a friendship for the sake Mm -hmm. of a friendship Mm -hmm. is really helpful. Mm -hmm. So there's takeaway note. If if people are (laughs) taking notes on the podcast, there's a, there's a good one. So you start dating, and then uh, you propose in uh, October this last year. You no. Married. Oh, I, I thought you were saying we proposed in October. No, like, no, no, no. I don't know when we proposed. <laughs> but you got married October this yeah. last year. So yes. uh, was that four months now? Yeah, much, four yeah. months. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, so I mean, like, a number of things, man, to talk about. Think about the providence of God and how he works in all of these different ways and moves hearts. One other thing, and Rebecca, you could speak to this, though. Uh, we and we talked about this the other night, so you can maybe bring this out. What did the Lord do though in your heart as far as missions goes, though? Because you are at this direction where you're not thinking missions, right? You'd mm-hmm. said that before, and then now you're going to marry a guy who's planning to go to Ghana, right? Mm-hmm. What does the Lord do in your heart? What's your perspective on that? Uh, how does that transition come about where you're willing to go to Ghana? So I'd say there was different stages because <laughs> yeah. like there was um, dating. That was a pretty significant thing, I guess, that we talked about a lot when we were dating. And from day one. Yeah. Yeah. You do true. know yeah. I'm a, a missionary. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was it was uh, definitely a topic we we discussed a lot. And I remember going and going through in my mind and saying, you know, like, I am not, I do not want to marry him to change anything. Like, I mean, I'm not going to take away from his ministry. Right. If, if I marry him, it's to add to his ministry. Right. Um, it's not to distract him from the work that he is you're, called to by right, God. You're like thinking, I'll, I'll marry, I'll tell him, yeah, Ghana sounds good, but then I have this underhanded goal of like... <laughs> directing him away maybe the lord wants a stateside yeah (laughs) yeah so um i definitely did not want to do that because i I think it's really sad to see ministries dissolve because or or passions for ministry dissolve just because there might be something else that seems really nice at the time or you know so i didn't want to be a distraction from god's will in his life and um the direction he believed god was was pointing him in and I guess I kind of just came to peace with the thought that I am marrying a missionary yes but I'm marrying a man Mm. I'm marrying someone who's passionate about serving the Lord which is something that I want to do Mm. and you know 
I could marry someone who's planning to be here stateside. Mm -hmm. And then the Lord calls us both into ministry elsewhere. And would I be willing to follow in that situation? You know, so why, if I say I'm willing to follow the Lord, I'm willing to serve the Lord wherever he places me, why should I be concerned whenever I meet a man that God is leading me to marry and that I love Mm. and he's going to Ghana? Why should that be a great concern and a deterrent from following the Lord in this? Hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Praise the Lord for how he directed in that. (laughs) Do you guys have anything else that you want to add? Man on the couch, do you have anything, any questions or... No, I think everything was drawn out really well. And um, so, yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting yeah. to see like bigger picture providence of God and uh, yeah. bringing you two together and um, how God worked even through this, uh, through your accident and that to uh, proven character, I mm-hmm. guess. Mm-hmm. Romans 5, proven character and refinement. And then... Um, and then now you two being married and that will produce more proof and character and <laughs> yeah. refinement as time goes on. It's a wonderful thing. Yeah. So Absolutely. it's a blessing. Absolutely. Well, we hope for the listeners, this has been a helpful conversation as we've considered uh, the providence of God really in Andrew and Rebecca's life. And we're glad to be a part of the ministry the Lord's called you to. And we're glad you've been able to be here in Grand Junction for a little bit of time. So... Uh, We hope this has been helpful for our listeners. The goal of our podcast is to help our listeners become better students of the Bible and love Jesus more. We always love to hear feedback from you, so you can contact us a number of ways. If you're part of our church, you can come up and talk to us on a Sunday. You can give us a phone call, send us a text, or if you're outside the church, send us an email at thecalvarycast at gmail.com. We love to get feedback, ideas, things like that for the podcast. At Calvary, we exist for the glory of God, the good of his people, and the Great Commission. So until next time.